Welcome to Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. Do you sometimes feel alone in life with personal and interpersonal struggles and challenges? We'll show you that you are not alone and that you can learn and thrive from your challenges and thereby live a healthy life. Now, here is your host, Dr. Vadisha Patel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. Today, I'm going to continue a conversation started on a previous show about the immigrant experience. Choosing to uproot oneself and one's family uh, through a different country is, takes a lot of thought and an intention. In my case, as I explained on a previous show, I was the child that was following along with what my family had decided. Today's guest is somewhat different. She's someone who was the adult in the experience, and she was a critical participant in the decision-making process. So today's guest is Gail Thomason, who grew up in the United States to parents who also grew up in the U.S. She went to college in the, in the U.S. and later on to law school, working in the Midwest as an attorney. She's married with two daughters, and when her daughters were in high school and college, Gail and her husband, John, made the decision to move overseas. They now live in New Zealand and have been there for about one and a half years. A great deal of thought did go into this process and into this move, and I'm looking forward to talking with Gail about her experiences. Welcome, Gail. Thank you, Vadisha. So I am curious as to when you started thinking about the idea of moving somewhere, and did you decide to move to New Zealand first, or was it that you wanted to move somewhere out of the U.S.? So it actually was quite a long process. We had talked about living abroad when our daughters were young, you know, sometime in elementary school. My husband, John, um, had lived abroad for a couple of years in his 20s. I had spent a summer living with a family in France. So we each had had some sort of an international experience. And um, we also had friends who had done this. I have a high school friend who moved her family abroad for a number of years and listened to her describe that experience and thought it was a really wonderful thing for her family in expanding her children's worldview um, and just experiencing something different. So we had talked about it when the girls were young, but life got in the way. As they were growing up, we got involved in various activities and our careers and just never found the time. And then we got concerned that we could not move them during high school because of the whole university admissions process. Right. Uh, so we, we just put it on hold. And then when my older daughter was a senior in high school and my younger daughter was a freshman, uh, my freshman said to us, we talked about this, about living abroad. Are we ever going to do it? Which was a really huge eye-opening question for the whole family. Um, she had had a friend move within the United States. One of her closest friends picked up and moved. And I think that sparked for her that one could change. You know, you can change your trajectory. It doesn't have to be the same groove that, that you've been in. Right. And so she challenged us. and. John looked at me and said, what do you think? And I looked at Kate and said, well, you're in high school. You love your friends. You're happy with your sport. Can we do this? Because it's quite dislocating to do something like this. And um, being young and being adventuresome, she said, I love my friend. Our older daughter um, was off to college and we can talk about her response to all of this in, in a little while, but she was not as much in the, in the decision-making um, at this point. So we kicked it around, and at that point, we had not chosen where to go. The question was, do we do anything? Well, that, I, I want to stop you there for one second, just because Kate is, as you said, she was a freshman in high school. Typically, a 14-year-old is not usually mature enough to say, let's go move across the world to some other place. Um, so do you think it's a product of who she is or a product of your family or something more? What? Um, I think it's a 
combination of things. I think she she was a very mature fourteen year old and is a very mature eighteen year old. Um, I think it's our our family. We have always been interested in travel, interested in experiences rather than possessions, and we we increasingly over the years have talked about that as a family. Um, we have very supportive extended family for that philosophy. Uh, and I think she, you know, I can't, it's not fair to say to her, she, she's the reason we did it, but she's the one who raised the question. And I think for her, it was a combination, as I say, of her maturity, but also at 14, you don't quite, can't quite realize the consequences of your statement. So as we have gone through the experience and she's reflected back, there have been things that have been harder than she anticipated. Not that she regrets the experience at all, but there have been things that she really didn't anticipate that we did on her behalf. Okay. Um, so, so she was very mature and yet still 14. But she was mature enough or bold enough to raise the question to get you guys to start doing something about it. Which also speaks to the character of your family and how everyone's voice has a fair amount of weight. It's not just what you and John think, but it's also what your children think. And I wonder, it did you have an upbringing like that in your family? And did John have an upbringing like that in his family or um, one, of, one of your families? We must have. <laughs> well, we sometimes have. We, we, we raise our children the way we were raised, and sometimes we raise them the opposite way because we don't like right. aspects of how we were raised. So. Right. Well, I, I will say John's um, mother in particular has raised her children to um, go off and be independent, um, know they are loved, uh, know that there is a, a strong connection, but go off and, and self-actualize that it is your your life. And and actually, when we uh, we did not tell anybody um, outside of the four of us, we did not tell anybody for a long time that we were uh, that we had applied for visas. And when we did, she and John's sister were the first two people we told, and, and her family. And Ellen said to us life is not a dress rehearsal. Go, go do it. Try. That's wonderful. I'll come visit right away. <laughs> that's so great. that's the kind of response and support um, we got. And uh, the other thing I will say is that other than our daughters, we really don't have anyone that else that we're responsible for. My parents are both deceased. John's father and his stepfather are deceased. His mother is the only one that, you know, that we might need to be available to help with if she, as she ages, if there are issues, but his sister lives nearby and was very supportive of all of this as well. So we were, we were lucky in the sense that we are in a situation where we did not have those um, family obligations that naturally tie one to a place. So do you think it would have been different if your parents were still alive? Do you think you would have waited? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we would have waited or if we would have talked it through with them. I think um, my father predeceased my mother. I think he would have said, go for it. <laughs> um, my mother, I think, would have been nervous about us being so far away and, and was it a wise thing to do? But I think ultimately she would have been supportive as well. Um, and would have come visited. I think it would have depended on their life stage, you know, if they were healthy or infirm. That, that really, to me, is the key if you feel like you need to be around. Right. Um, and my brother um, uh, was, uh, I, I think it was hard, harder for him than I expected, but with modern technology, we're able to stay in pretty close touch. Well, that's that's a whole other point as well, because I know that, when we came to the U.S. from India as a family, our communications were by letters and telexes and very expensive phone calls that were really only reserved for sharing mostly bad news. <laughs> so communication was, it, it felt much further away. And you're right, now you can 
FaceTime, you can Skype, you can um, text people. So there's, it's much easier to communicate. So I'm sure, I'm sure that helps with the process. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, communication is so much more porous. My daughter will be sitting on her phone texting and I'll ask her who she's talking to. And it's equally as likely that it's her f- friends locally as it is her friends back in the U.S. <laughs> and she was actually the first who was really good at staying in touch with people continuously and supporting her friends through their, their senior stress um, and, and, and in return being supported. So. That's great. So, so let's switch gears a little bit to why New Zealand or how New Zealand? So, so we both walked straight towards New Zealand and backed our way into it, it both, 50-50. Um, I had been to New Zealand, uh, I had spent a month going all over New Zealand in my 20s, uh, and right before I met John, my, my mid-late 20s, uh, before I met John, and had fallen in love with it. It was a time in my life when I was um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my career. It, the time away gave me enough separation to really think about a career shift. Um, and it all happened in New Zealand, and I fell in love with the country. And I really, at the time, felt... I want to be here. There was a a piece of me that just sort of sang out to the place. I want to be here. It just took me 25 years to get back. (laughs) And was it the scenery? Was it the people? Was it, what was it? Both. Uh, It's a very warm, people are very warm. It's a very easy place to be. It is foreign yet English speaking and, and similar. And it is absolutely gorgeous. It, it really is. Um, and that's why, I mean, tourism has increased a lot. I know a lot of people who are like, oh, that's on my bucket list to come. Um, and then there are people, of course, who think it's part of Australia. So both, but that's okay. <laughs> um, we, we laugh about it. Um, so that was a piece of why New Zealand was an easy place for me. Um, there's also the question as a, as a U.S. emigre, you know, where can you go? Who wants you? Right. We did not go with um, jobs in hand. We um, went saying we will go and then get jobs. And you really have to look hard at what countries are interested in taking you. Um, and to compound that, my daughter um, had some high school left. She was going to have some high school left. And she expressed a preference for an English-speaking country because that would make her life easier. And um, she also is a big field hockey player, which here in New Zealand is just called hockey because they don't have ice hockey. (laughs) So she said, I'd really like to be able to continue um, with my hockey. Well, once you have English and hockey, you're down (laughs) to Commonwealth countries. It it, it makes the world a much smaller place. And we did have an opportunity to go to Israel. And so that was the first place we talked about. And that's when she said, well, I would love Israel. I'm, I'm nervous about, about going when, you know, my Hebrew is not strong conversationally and I could learn it, but it also doesn't have hockey. So okay. we said, all right. And, and, and I said, yeah, you know, an English speaking country would be a little easier for me because I'm not facile with foreign languages. And John was willing to do <laughs> any, any of it. He, he was up for the adventure. He's, he's the one in the relationship who dreams and says, let's go do this. And I'm the one who says, mm, that makes me a little nervous or that's dangerous. Or that's, that, that's the dynamic of our relationship, that I'm usually the one who has to be thoughtful and think it out and, um, and take our time. And so, you know, you had asked earlier about the process and how long it took. One of the things that took us the longest was John said to me, if we're going to do something like this, we have to be 50-50, absolutely 50-50. This cannot be a situation where I'm 55 and you're 45, or I'm 51 and you're 49. We, we have to agree as a couple and as a family that we're all in equally because we can't look back and look at one another and say, I did this for you, or you made me do this, which was a really wow. wise thing for him to say. Yes, yes. And so hard to get to. That's, that's a hard, hard place to, to reach. 
particularly when you're when you have a personality as I do that is very deliberative. And so I would say as several months, um, two, three, four months were just me thinking about that. Okay. And can I get to, to a place like that? Um, which we can talk about a little more like how did I get there and why did I get there? Um, yeah. So, uh, that was sort of our, our process. And when New Zealand was on the list, of Commonwealth countries, I said, well, well, wait, I love New Zealand. Let's do that one. <laughs> okay. So once you were, nar- you were able to narrow it down, that mm-hmm. whole process became a lot easier in trying to find the location. So it sounds like the next step was actually making the decision to move forward. And we are going to go to a commercial break right now, but we'll keep talking about it when we return. So please stay tuned. Lawyer and friend Gail Thomason and I are talking about her experiences when she and her family moved to New Zealand. If you have questions, you can email me, Dr. Vidisha Patel, at drvforkids at yahoo.com. We will be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number four, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel, and I'm talking with Gail Thomason about the immigrant experience. Gail and her family moved to New Zealand about a year and a half ago, and just before the break, we started the conversation about mentally deciding that, yes, let's do this. It was, a, a con- it was something that you had talked about being interested in, and you and your family had discussed it. Sounds like a fair amount, but at some point you have to move from thinking it's a great idea to actually saying, yes, let's move forward. So why don't you pick up there as to what you were saying? So, so John gave me some space to think about it and periodically would say, so? And <laughs> part of it was we were in a period where our older daughter was, this was a spring of 2016 and I, um, was uh, involved in, you know, we, we had careers and most importantly, our older daughter was preparing to graduate from high school and go off to college. And I 
like to take things one at a time when I can. And I really wanted to focus on getting her through that, that process. And it wasn't about getting her through it as much as it was enjoying it and participating in it and being present and not being overshadowed by this large decision. So, you know, I wanted to have some quiet time after she'd graduated before Mm -hmm. she moved off to college when, when there was sort of a lull in our family activity to just live with the idea. Right. And I think the, the biggest thing probably for both of us is we, we had a wonderful life. We were living in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, We had good jobs. I was a a consultant um, doing strategic planning. John was the CEO of a nonprofit. Um, The girls were good. We had a great house. Most importantly, we have, we had and still have wonderful friends, you know, 30 years of relationship that really is, I think, the biggest reason family and friends are the biggest reasons why this kind of a move is difficult because these are the people who have seen you through all your large and small life events. Um, And so we had to think about that. The flip side was as a result of all of that, we were in a very comfortable place. And as the girls got ready to go and we were going to be empty nesters what were our lives going to look like? We could see them stretching ahead for 20 or 30 years in place with the same activities in the same location. Um, And I think each of us sort of thought, well, is that all there's going to be? Or (laughs) can we, not that it's bad, it's wonderful, but looking back, were we going to sort of feel, hmm, missed having an adventure? of some sort. And I think it was almost as as simple as that, that we wanted to be able to take some time before we couldn't and go off on an adventure together. I um, had watched my parents as empty nesters find some activities, some new activities and new friends um, as a couple, Uh as empty nesters as a couple. And that stuck in the back of my head what a neat thing to be able to do to to not reinvent relationship but strengthen relationship by finding some new things together and I so I was interested in um, a reestablishment of a of a together we have a very good solid marriage but um, I didn't want it to just be taken for granted and assumed um, so and it's I thought, a it's an intentional way of looking at your life, which yeah. I think when individuals are in a place where everything seems to be working and everybody's happy and or comfortable, many people seem to just leave it at that because why why change a good thing? Um, well, so and I, I I happen to have a partner who is interested in uh, adventure, or I probably wouldn't have gone the extra step. I might've thought about it, but I would not have gone the extra step to actually do it. So I did get to a place um, where I'm like, yep, I can do this 50, 50. And he gave me the space. Our older daughter, which I would like to talk about at some point, it was a whole different experience for her. And I think the hardest thing for me is that it was not easy for her. It was not a great time for her to have us do this. She was you know, we started talking about this as she's about to leave for college. We didn't move till she was in her sophomore year of college, but it hung over her as she was transitioning to go off to college and then through her first year. And that is, you know, psychologically, you're becoming independent, but you want to know you have your base. And the hardest part of all of this, I think, was that this was really difficult for her um, and navigating that as a family so that she knows fundamentally that she is loved and supported even as we went off on this adventure. But is there, is there ever a good time for a child to be moved? Well, and that's one of the things I would say is that no, I mean, we put it off when they were young because, you know, we, we didn't have it together to do it in elementary school. And then you think, ah, those middle years, those transition junior high years are so difficult. Can't pull her out now. And then you get to high school and everyone says, Oh, you know, university application, you have to, um, 
provide the best possible education and you need, you know, it needs to be a certain way. So you can't do it then. Right. And I, I would say it all works out. And I think, um, ultimately I think both girls are enriched by the experience, but it was even, even Claire, I think because she has had to, um, be more independent than she had to consciously be independent. She also, I think, consciously reached out to friends to be supportive um, because she was upset with us. And I think that has strengthened some relationship for her, but it was not easy at all for her. And it was not easy for us in navigating it. But I would say that um, keeping and forcing the lines of communication open really helped. And um, there came a point where um, during the process where, where we had not yet quite committed, where um, I said to her, um, you know, you need to understand that you are more important than any adventure, any move, any, anything. And I need to know if this is going to permanently damage our relationship we need to figure that in. It's our choice what we do with it. But if it, if you really feel um, that it's that difficult for you to have us do this, then we need to know that. And right. I think that helped her to be told that she was fundamentally that important. But it also puts a burden on her because what she's going to be the one to say to us, don't go do what you want to do. Right. Well, right? that's, so that's was- her share. That's your, you want the... You and John wanted the 50-50 for the two of you, but actually, it's actually 25 from each one of you, so that all exactly. of you were- Exactly, and so I sort of want to honor the fact that, that she got to a place where she didn't want to stop us from having the adventure, but that didn't mean she was happy about it. And, and I will say that she, she has gotten this far into it. She's gotten to a point where there are times she gets annoyed because it's a huge inconvenience to her have her family abroad. And I would say that's appropriate. It is a huge inconvenience on occasion for her and her life as a, as a college student. Um, and, and I, I agree with her and we do what we can. How long, how long do you think it took her to work through it? Because it sounds like she's come to the point now where she's accepted it and is mostly okay with it. Um, yeah. And actually say, you know, we're lucky. She actually likes the city that we're living in. Um, but, um, I would say it's once we had actually moved, she came out to visit a couple of months after we had moved. Um, and I think it started to ease then. And when she saw that, um, we really did work hard to be in touch with her and to do what we could. So as, as we, when we plan this move, part of it was we also had the have the luxury of being able to plan some of this stuff. We said, if you need us back in the United States, let us know. We need some right. advance warning, but we can do that. So, the, so when we first came, when she first came to visit and we, and we talked, she needed her wisdom teeth pulled. She needed doctor's appointments this <laughs> summer after her sophomore year. She, right? she wanted to be moved back into her dorm. And I took time out to come to the States for several weeks to do all of that. And I think understanding that her parents had not abandoned her, even as she's transitioning to um, independence and doesn't necessarily need us, she wanted us and we made ourselves available. Right. Well, you actually and, you know, bring up... The action speak louder than words is what it took. Right. Well, you bring up an interesting parenting perspective, which is you are the parents and you are making the decisions, but there is a point where you need buy-in from the children. So it's the children's input is important, but ultimately, I think you said, ultimately it was your decision as the parents, but you were interested in making sure that your kids were on board and finding that right balance, I think is, is very, is a very important parenting um, tool technique that we all need to learn as parents. <laughs> and sometimes we learn through experience. And honoring, honoring her needs and working through how much we could do. Well, even if we couldn't do everything she wanted, acknowledging and listening. Right. To both of them. And then also asking her, even though she's the child, asking her to listen to our needs 
was a new dynamic for our family to consciously for us to articulate them to her and have her acknowledge them and understand that there are a lot of gray decisions. So do you think she grew up a lot faster in those years than maybe the typical college freshman, sophomore? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, say she would. And that is, that is the benefit to her. Although, as I said, I want to be really um, explicit here that it was not easy. That, I, right. that I, it was not easy for her to do. I think ultimately out the other side now, um, it was valuable experience for her, but, uh, but painful. Yeah. So, okay, so we talked about Claire's experience, who's your older daughter. Let's talk about Kate's experience. So, um, so we had decided on New Zealand, and this was actually, we then started uh, paperwork. And the paperwork, the process to get a visa is long and involved. It's not inappropriate, um, given that they're, you're, you're asking to go live and work in, a, in someone else's country and, and come and, and be a participant. So it was appropriate, but involved. So we actually made the decision to start the process. A lot of people, when they found out, they're like, oh, is this a result of the presidential election? And the answer is <laughs> absolutely not. It just all unfolded that way. We decided right before the um, national party conventions in the summer of 2016. Okay. But we didn't tell any friends for a year because of the, the process. So by the time we told anybody, you know, it looked like that was why. So um, that was uh, 2016, and we decided to plan a family trip to New Zealand for winter break of 2016 to just go check and see. So the paperwork was in. We hadn't heard anything yet to see if we'd made the first cut. But we're like, okay, we'll go on a family vacation and see. This will give us an opportunity to see if we're crazy. <laughs> or if it resonates and we're right. So off we went to New Zealand. And for Kate, this was an opportunity to go look at schools and see the cities, the city that we had targeted, and just get a sense of whether this made sense. And we all agreed that everybody, and Claire came with us, and we said, all right, this is a chance. And each person gets to think individually about how this resonates. Right. So off we went. And People are like, oh, you're going to New Zealand. That's great. Well, most people who go to New Zealand don't spend a week in Wellington. We're, we live in Wellington, New Zealand, uh, the capital. And uh, most people don't spend that much time there. We just didn't tell our friends that we were doing that because we were looking at schools and neighborhoods. Um, and that gave Kate a chance to really see what would life be like for me right. if we moved. Um, and she had said, if we're going to do this, she was at a very large co-ed public high school in the Chicago suburbs. And she said, well, if we're going to do it, let's not replicate the experience. Let's do something different. Interesting. Uh, this is my adventure somewhat. Yeah. So it was a great perspective. Um, schools in Wellington, high schools tend to be single sex, whether they're public or private. There's only one co-ed public high school. So all of them are single sex. So she knew that it was going to be single sex. Okay. And we just went and toured three all-girls private schools. And I can tell you about that experience in a minute. Um, and also, can you quickly say, was she excited when you got to New Zealand? Was she as excited as, as she had been when she started the conversation with you guys? Um, we all had at least a day or two of pause when, when, we, when we did this, thinking, oh my, this... This is real. This is a yes. big deal. Yes. Yeah. So that there is that moment, I'm sure. And then there's probably many more of those moments as you're packing up your things and saying your goodbyes to say, oh my gosh, did we make the right decision? So we're going to head to another short commercial break and we will be right back. So don't go away. We're going to talk some more about one version of the immigrant experience on perspectives. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. 
The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number 4, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to the last segment of our show today. You're listening to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. Please get in touch with me via email at drv4kids at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear any of your questions or comments. I'm here talking with lawyer and friend Gail Thomason about her family's experiences moving from the U.S. to New Zealand. And at this point, I will also throw in that I understand her perspective. especially well, because we have known each other for many, many years. We were, in fact, college roommates. And thank goodness for technology, because that is how we have managed to stay in touch, even though we live very, very far away from each other now. So welcome back, Gail. And let's um, have you continue your story about Kate's experiences of coming to New Zealand. So when we um, came on our vacation and we all had a pause moment, I would say two or three days into our week in Wellington, after we were visiting a couple of schools, the reality of it hit all of us. And that was an uncomfortable feeling in the gut, right? Because <laughs> it's the reality, it's, it's scary, it's challenging. And we kept going and said, all right, we all acknowledge, we all sort of admitted to each other that, yeah, we were having a moment. And we said, well, what does that mean? We said, well, we'll see. We haven't made any decisions. We'll see. Um, but at the same time as we were doing that, we were still also doing the practical things. We had to get medical exams to get clearance that we didn't have tuberculosis or any other chronic diseases that were going to um, be, atta- be expensive for the country, that we were bringing problems to the country if we moved. So that's, so they, that's why they have a, uh, a medical exam. So we all went through that, including Claire. So Claire was completely part of this process um, as we went. And she actually, even though she's in the United States, she has a visa along with the rest of us. Okay. Because we did this as a family. So right. that's another thing I, I, I should say. So we went through the process and even though we had butterflies, um, we all, the three of us in looking at schools unanimously agreed on one school in particular for Kate, that that was going to be a a lovely fit. And it turns out, I think part of the reason this process ended up being comfortable for me is that we chose Wellington, New Zealand, capital city. I grew up in Washington, DC. So there's a familiarity to me in being in a capital city and the kinds of people that are drawn to it intellectually, you know, between bureaucrats and lawyers and intellects, because there's a university here um, and young people. It was a comfortable city for us. 
Um, and then Kate chose a school that, while different from where I went, had some echoes and similarities because um, I went to an all-girls private school in Washington, D.C., and there were some flavors and ethos of this school that resonated with me um, that, I guess, you know, and she liked the school for her own reasons and, and John for his, but that made the transition comfortable for right. me on some psychic level. Um, so as we're getting ready to leave Wellington and, and continue our trip in New Zealand, we got word that we had passed the first cut in the visa process and could move on. That was the biggest, biggest hurdle because they don't, they get more people than they can take. And there's a whole, in New Zealand, there's a whole point system. Um, and we had made the first cut, which meant we could go on to the second round when we got back to the States, which was submitting paperwork. Okay. So from January of 2017 till about September of 2017, when we actually got the visas, it was all paperwork and organizing ourselves. Um, and we chose to sell our house because uh, we weren't sure how long this adventure was going to last. And we didn't want the obligation of renting it out and maintaining or leaving it empty. So there were a lot of big, big changes um, in our lives. And at well. any point, did you stop and say, no, we're not going to do this? Or once the ball was rolling, even though there might be a little bit of trepidation or some butterflies in your stomach, did you each um, encourage the others to move on? to move forward? I would say we periodically looked at each other and said, are you still good? And we gave each other space and opportunity to call it off. Okay. Because we wanted to continue to have it be um, a happy and, and unanimous experience. Um, putting the house on the market um, was uh, sort of felt like a big, point of no return. Um, we also rented, we rented a townhome because we were going to be in the U.S. for a few months before we moved and Kate was still going to school and we wanted a place for Claire um, to have. So we rented a place. So there were a lot of logistical things that were large points where were, there were go, no-go decisions. But once we put the house on the market, um, we were sort of a go and it and also <laughs> at that point was public right so we could have backed out but then we were those people who almost moved to New Zealand and I think by the time <laughs> that we were we all knew we were really committed to this so adventure. the peer pressure set in it. well so it also became a point where right before we we hit that sort of final no-go point I got to a point where I thought okay I have butterflies but I can't imagine not doing this at this point. Right. How sort of um, unspicy my life was going to be if I didn't do it without the adventure that I would have felt like I had cheated myself somehow on this opportunity. So even though I had the butterflies, it was, let's move forward. And, mm. and it, you, know, you can lose yourself in some of the logistics and the making sure. So one of the things that also happened is once people knew is um, all those people we had known for years and years, everyone said, Oh, I want to see you before you go. <laughs> so all those, all those dates you put off making because you think you're going to see your friends and acquaintances, you know, I'll get to it. Well, you don't have much time to get to it. So it made the time sweeter in a lot of ways because we had to be conscious about, seeing the people that matter to us and savoring those moments. So we got very good at savoring the time. And so it also brings to mind this importance of returning to the present moment and appreciating that which is in front of you. Yes. And recording it somewhere in your memory to keep with you. Yes. And, and people were, Wonderful. We, we, I discovered that we mattered to people that I had no idea that we mattered that much to. I knew <laughs> that I was in their community, but there were a lot of people who said, I want to host something for you. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of one friend in particular, uh, 
Jen, who um, not only did she host us, but she wanted, she took pictures and made a book of photographs of That's some wonderful. of our friends. That's just wonderful. because she wanted to, and she wanted us to know um, that we mattered. And that was really touching. Um, so, yes. so what would you say were some of the biggest challenges leaving the U.S.? And then what were some of the biggest challenges arriving in New Zealand? Well, there are a lot of, there's all the, the, the logistical things. So because we had an address, we could keep things like credit cards and driver's licenses. And, but, you know, I had to set up, make, make sure I had set up um, everything with our accountants so, so that, you know, the taxes are going to get taken care of in the U.S. and that um, I had to find someone to make sure that uh, the town home was going to be okay and come in and look at the mail. And that, you know, that one of the biggest things was we have, we have a dog moving the dog to New Zealand. Right. I was uh, actually going to get to that. That's, that's a whole other. To my wonderful husband, John, who was both chair and sole member of the dog transportation committee. And he found <laughs> a way to get it done. And he worked with our veterinarians. He didn't even understand all the, everything that needed to be done. And the, the vets were wonderful about translating what he was told, you know, the, the tests and shots and everything that were needed. And we were, that was stressful. She's not a, she's not a, a big, a, a large dog. And um, we didn't know how it was going to go for her. She handled it just fine. Um, and, you know, but, but that was a huge amount of, of paperwork. Um, and you it just little details pop up. So many details pop up that you think about the moving and the getting there and not the being there. Right. So one of the interesting things was, so once we moved was sort of the silence of all those logistics because you've taken care of all of them. Right. Um, and um, we also, you know, you, you move halfway around the world and where are you going to live? That was something that, that made us quite nervous. How are we going to navigate this? Well, John found a furnished rental online. It was open for the summer months because it's Southern Hemisphere. Their win our winter in the North is their summer. So it was right. available for the first few months we were going to be there. And he just emailed um, the landlord and said, hey, would you consider a year instead of a couple of months? And by the way, we have a dog. <laughs> and that started a conversation. And so not only have we... Um, are we into our second year of renting with them? But our landlords have become friends, um, which is wonderful. a very kind of thing. Yeah. So, oh, and and we ended up selling our house in uh, the Chicago suburbs. We sold our house to um, a guy who grew up in New Zealand, and his wife is Australian, and they're friends now too. Um, so, you know, the world works in very strange and mysterious ways, and in in a lot of respects. Um, she and I became close because she was having this immigrant experience, having never spent time in the United States that I was about to have in New Zealand. Right. And we each understood each, what the other was going through. So as I was leaving, I tried to give her as much information as I could to make her transition easy into the community um, with the perspective that um, that was the kind of thing that I was going to be doing. Um, in just a couple of months. Right. Well, that's, and that's true, isn't it? It doesn't matter where we're moving from and where we're moving to. Obviously, there are details that will be unique to the locations, but overall, this concept of uprooting a life that you've been perfectly content with to try something new and bring in your children into the decision and your animals and, um, really make a huge, I mean, you, you, you went to the other hemisphere, you did, you went to a very, a different culture, even though the language is the same, it sounds like the culture is different, and the people are different. Um, was that very noticeable? Or how did, how was that experience? It's both very easy and noticeable. So, so I would say it's, it's both at the same time. It's a, a very welcoming place. Um, but there are cultural differences in the United States. You know, when, when you meet someone in the U.S., you're, you're looking for connection and it tends to be, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? What do you do for a living? And from there, you try and find 
things in common, whether it's, it's people or experiences. Um, and that's, that's how we do it. Well, New Zealand is a smaller country and invariably, um, everybody knows everybody or instead of six <laughs> degrees of separation, it's two degrees of separation. So wow. and culturally, they don't go about it the same way. So you might spend time with someone else two, three, four times before you know what they do for a living. Interesting. They talk about what are, what are your interests? You know, you might talk about your children. So we met a lot of people through school and through hockey. So what are your interests? What do you like to do? Um, you might talk about travel. You might talk about books you've read. Might, um, they are very into sport here. There is a culture here of both excellence in sports, um, but also participation. Uh -huh. So there are leagues, adults play, you know, you can play hockey, field hockey as an adult here. If you're a man or a woman, you know, everybody does it. But that's, that's true of any sport you can, you can name. It is available to people socially or competitively. Um, so that takes a lot of people's time. Um, the great outdoors, cooking, those are all things that um, people connect over rather than, um, you know, what kind of degrees do you have and what do you do for a living? That sounds actually quite refreshing. So we have about a minute left and I'm wondering if you can, if you have any thoughts about if some, if somebody else is looking to uproot themselves and their families um, to move across the world, is there, are there one or two things that you might recommend to them? And we actually have, maybe you have about 30 seconds actually to, to share that. I would say it's, it's absolutely something you should do. It's, it helps enormously if you have your extended family on board um, and you you don't know what you're what you don't know and just accept that and you'll figure it out it, it, it'll all it'll all work out and you'll you'll figure it out but it's totally worth doing those are great points to consider and I know that for your family it's been a, a worthwhile experience of course I selfishly wish you guys would come back but then I think maybe it's good that you're there because I have another destination to visit um, so thank you so much for joining me today and talking with me and sharing your personal experiences I've been talking with Gail Thomason a good friend and an attorney and um, she is now living in New Zealand having moved there from the United States and you're listening to Perspectives. I will be back next week with another edition. So until then, have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our program this week. Another edition of Perspectives with Dr. Vidisha Patel can be heard next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, have a lovely week.